Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. He's Paul Dottino. I am John Schmelk. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513. It's all brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. I am back from the Senior Bowl. I was not on the last three days, and honestly, it was because I had jury duty scheduled. Then I got the call on Sunday night, and they said, or the text, and they said jury duty was canceled. So I was ended up being here. I worked, but I was not on the show. But I'm on today and tomorrow. So today, how we're going to start here, Paul, because I don't know how much Senior Bowl review you guys did on Monday Very and little. Tuesday, but probably not a whole lot. I was out there. I was kind of, you know, unfortunately, we would have had a lot more stuff on the website if it wasn't Eli Manning content 24-7 for three days, which is understandable, not complaining. But uh, our stuff did get up there. But He you didn't might consult have... you. No, he did not. <laughs> it, it, honestly, and, and, and I actually made this joke out there many times to people – um, in Mobile, Paul, it was literally the most inconvenient Eli Manning had been in his 17-year career here. Because our entire production team was in Mobile except for, like, three people. Right. And we had to fly people back early because we had gear and equipment that we needed for the press conference. It was really inconvenient. And it's really literally been the only time Eli Manning has ever been inconvenient. And if you guys want to talk about Eli Stoke today, we can. I haven't really had a chance to give my two cents about it. I wrote a couple things for the website, which you should check out. But we can talk about that. We could talk about the Super Bowl, uh, moments in Super Bowl history, NFL history, the big vote that they had, NFL Network. We could do all that. Well, let's start with the Senior Bowl, Paul. And I yes. know you had some questions for me, so I did. format it this way. Why don't you throw some questions my way, and I'll answer them the best I can, and then I'll kind of fill in the blanks along the way. All right, so I, I think because you were there and saw some stuff firsthand, I got I got a couple ones, firsthand ones, and then I also have, I need some environment questions where you got the buzz from the crowd that was there. Okay. Let me go to the buzz one first. Buzz. Um, we had talked about the top quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft. And yes. one of my questions going into the Senior Bowl week was, and I believe you and I had this discussion with Tony Pauline, we may have, can Herbert possibly jump Tua and become the second quarterback on the board after Burrow? Yes, but it has everything to do with Tua's health. If his medicals are good, I believe he will be the second pick. Is it impossible that a team falls in love with Herbert's tools? Let's be honest. Look, Herbert is just as mobile as Tua, if not more so. He's bigger than Tua. He's got a bigger arm than Tua. He just fits that traditional quarterback mold that some teams favor and they look for. Other teams have moved past that. Other teams have not. So depending on the team, is it impossible that he gets picked before Tua? No, I don't think it's impossible. Okay, now, my disclosure here is that last year when I had suggested the Giants should not go for a quarterback and wait one more year was not only to play Eli for one more season, but Herbert would have been my top quarterback that I would have targeted. Well, it makes sense. He checks all the boxes that, that you generally look for in, in that type of play. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm, I am a fan of his, and I understand he had a terrific senior ball week, and he looked good in the game. Yeah, he was fine. But, and again, I think he was expected to. You know, this is the type of event where a guy like Herbert can show off his tools. Yeah. And he has, folks, he is as naturally gifted as any quarterback I've ever seen. It's basically, he's, he's Josh Allen. It's the same type of deal. He's got the same type of tools. Another guy big, I like. Right. Tall, <laughs> strong, big arm, mobile, can move. This kid can do it all. Now, I think there are some fair questions as to when he's in games. And again, this isn't going to be seen in the Senior Bowl necessarily. When he was in games at Oregon, you know, processing, getting through his reads, decision-making, 
consistent accuracy. Those are legitimate questions. By the way, same type of questions we had for Josh Allen. He was coming out. Yes. Very similar in that way. Um, but this was the perfect event for him, dude. He, show, he showed off his tools, and I believe he will be a top 10 pick when all is said and done just because we have so many teams in that top 10 that are looking for a quarterback. All right. Now, <clears throat> we talked earlier uh, this week, so I'm cheating a little bit here. That's okay. I had said to you, it didn't look like to me that the offensive line, especially the outside uh, uh, edges, the, ta- the tackles, yeah. was, was a very impressive group this week at the Senior Bowl. I, I take it you felt the same way because unlike last year when you alerted me to Will Hernandez. Two years uh, ago. Two right. years ago. Yep. Two years ago. Uh, you alerted me to Will Hernandez. Uh, you did not alert me to any guy who I would be particularly enamored with. And then when I did get a look at some of the highlights during the week and then I watched the game, I was not overly impressed by the tackles. And real quick before we start, I think Jordan Love could slide into the end of the first round too as a quarterback prospect. He oh. has all the tools you could imagine too, by the way, out of Utah State. He did but well. Same type of deal with Daniel Jones. He was dealing with a talent deficiency at Utah State over the course of the year. But he has a lot of tools that you like. So he's somebody that I think could sneak into the mm-hmm. back end of that first round. But offensive lineman, uh, Paul, there was one tackle that I would consider, that I personally would consider a round one or two pick, and that was Josh Jones at Houston. Only guy that was there that I would consider a round one or two pick. And honestly, I probably wouldn't pick anybody else there in the third round either. That's how I saw the offensive tackles. Josh Jones was legitimately good. Um, I would definitely. I've not watched enough of him, but what I've watched, he was very good at Houston. They ask him to do traditional things, where you drop back, you pass set, things like that, which you want an offensive tackle to do. He's six five. He's three eleven. It's exactly the size you want. He's long. Mm-hmm. He's got the athleticism you want. If Josh Jones, if the Giants don't pick a tackle at four, and Josh Jones is sitting there with the Giants' second round pick, very much in consideration for me. He's legit. Good player. So, now he might not be there. He might go into the first round. Mm-hmm. But he's somebody at tackle that I think can be somebody the Giants look at. I was very disappointed. Prince Tega Winoho, who was supposed to be there from... Well, I'm having a mental block here. Auburn. He was supposed to be there. He was flagged medically when they did physicals the first day, the first morning in uh, Mobile on Tuesday. So, uh, he did not end up participating during the week. But he was somebody else that I thought could be a legitimate consideration in round two from the tackle class that I looked at before I even got out there. But he didn't participate. So, yeah, tackle class disappointing. You saw it in the game. I mean, Jordan Love didn't have a chance. He was getting destroyed routinely. We could talk about the edge rushers too. But the tackle class was poor. I thought there were a lot of solid interior offensive linemen. Uh, no one jumped out at me per se. I thought Lloyd Cushenberry was you know, really <clears throat> solid at center. But he's not a body mover. He's more of that, you know, positional, mobile type of center. But good player. You know, he's going to be around one or round two pick. And then there were a bunch of guys that I think will be round two or three guards. Uh, I thought Damian Lewis from LSU, 6'2", 329. Tank, can't move him. Not the most mobile guy in the world, but he's mm-hmm. a mauler. Okay. Uh, I thought, and this is a guy nobody talked about going in. And then I, I saw him there. I'm like, this guy never loses a rep. I thought Jonah Jackson from Ohio State at guard was wonderful. 6'3", 3'10". Positioning was great. I thought he had a really good week. Then you had other guys that I think are around 3'4", guys like Logan Stenberg, Kentucky, um, Ben Bredesen, John Simpson, 
you know, Nick Harris and Matt Hennessy, two center prospects. I would think late day two, early day three picks. But it was not an overly impressive offensive line group that got me very excited. Yeah, I I didn't when I looked at the game, I just saw the game obviously, and then the highlights during the week on yeah. NFL Network. I did not get really worked up about what they had. had. But again, you have to understand some of these top guys were not coming. Well, here's the trick with tackles, and right? That's the problem at these premium positions, Paul. Like a cornerback, it was a very mm. weak week for weak, yeah, weak week mm. for cornerbacks. <laughs> yes. E E K E A K. Yes, uh, it yes. was it was a bad week for corners. A lot of the top mm. corners dropped out of the game at the last minute. But these premium positions, Paul, like offensive tackle, like edge rusher, like cornerback, so many of the guys that come out that are top players of those positions are underclassmen. So they're not going to be at the combine. They're not going to be at the senior bowl. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, All right, let's move on. Who else you got? You mentioned mentioned the the edge rushers. Oh, by the way, real quick, one intriguing day three tackle, Alex Taylor, offensive tackle, South Carolina State. Okay. Needs a lot of work on his technique. Sloppy. Got beat a lot. Paul, 6'8", 308 pounds, 36-inch arms. Whoa. He is a bit of a project. So was another one, Ben Barch, Division Three St. John's in Minnesota. He did okay. okay. Those are two guys that I think will be, you know, Barch maybe could slide into the third round if people think he's a project. But those could be day three picks that could be projects that teams could, could try to develop a little bit. Anyway. Now to flip the, the side on this, I, yeah. had, I had trouble watching what I watched evaluating the edge rushers because I didn't think that the tackles played very well. <laughs> Correct. And so it was difficult for me. Was there a buzz at all about the edge rushers that week? Better defensive tackle class, which again, I think for the senior bowl is typical because really good edge rushers, they're not going to stay for their senior seasons, right? They're going to come out early. They want the money. So, like, right. So, can blame them. I don't. So I thought it was a better defensive tackle class. I'll touch on them in a second, even though that's the one place I think the Giants don't really have any needs. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I thought it was a good defensive tackle class. Edge rusher, um, Joshua Uche from Michigan impressed me all week. Now he's just 6'1", 240, so he's kind of that 3-4 outside linebacker pass rusher type. He did a little bit of coverage, actually looked passable there. But bend, quickness, speed off the edge. I think he's a second-round guy that's a really good athlete from Michigan that that can do a lot of stuff. I think he's going to be a real good pro. If you're looking for more of your 4-3 defensive end, I thought the best guy there, uh, Jonathan Gren- uh, it's either Greenard or Grenard from Florida, 6'3", 260, bigger guy. Mm-hmm. You know, not super bendy, doesn't have, like, really, really good athleticism, but he has enough. To me, he's a day-two pass rusher. I'm not sure if he's fourth overall in the second round pass rusher and I'm not sure he's going to last to the Giants potential compensatory pick in round three yeah but he's another guy that that was okay and then somebody I really didn't notice a lot during the week uh Bradley Anay or Nye from Utah uh 6-3-257 he was unblockable in the game yes dominated yes but, but again I'm not sure what was he right. going against? And what was the resistance? He wins with technique. He wins with his hands. He's not the most bendy athletic guy. So how is that going to translate to the I next level? I don't know either. To me, he's a round three, round four type of rusher. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing about him. The and that, that's why good, though, man. <sighs> Defensive right. tackles were good. Javon Kinlaw, he's going to be a top 15, top 20 pick. He was great. Here's an interesting guy. Marlon Davidson. And I told you this. I think I was on with you 
talking about him from the senior ball mm-hmm. on the first day. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the best player of practice on day one. No one could stop him. And I didn't know a ton about him going in. I hadn't watched him on tape because he was listed as a defensive tackle, and that didn't interest me. But talking to people out there, he was a guy that played defensive end at Auburn at 6'3 and like 280. Okay. Well, he showed up, and he was kind of one of those big, you know, play the four technique, stop the run, not a super explosive defensive end, but he was a good player. Shows up at Auburn, uh, shows up at the Senior Bowl, bulked up to 297, and he played tackle. And that athleticism, while it didn't help him win against offensive tackles in space, dominated guards inside. Dominated them. His athleticism was really good at inside. So I think he could be a really, really strong three-technique player in the NFL rather than that defensive end prospect that he played in college. If my math is right, he put on 17 pounds in a month? I think it was 10 to 15, I think it was, yeah. I'll be honest with you, John, that would scare me. It wasn't bad weight. Looked impressive. Okay. Just saying. All right. Um, Neville Gallimore, mid-round, you know, third-round tackle. Here's an interesting guy. Jason Strawbridge, North Carolina. 6'4", 267. Defensive tackle. Hmm. Really athletic. Guards had a lot of time dealing trouble dealing with athleticism. But once they got his hands on him, yeah. it was a wrap. That's going to be a problem. So I don't know what position he's going to play. But he's a really, really good athlete. If a team can figure out how to Uh-oh. use him, uh oh, he's 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 got something. But where does he fit? Good athlete. Usually, not two words I want to hear about a draft pick. I don't know the answer to that. Some another edge rusher, by the way, that you might be interested in, Terrell Lewis out of Alabama, six five, two fifty eight, really long arms. Mm-hmm. But that seems to kind of be all he's got. Like he would rush. It would yeah. be the constant. You know what JPB used to do? Like kind of the lean, yeah. the one arm move. To create space. That's kind of what Terrell Lewis just kept doing, and it worked. But I don't see the bend, the explosiveness. He missed all of 2018 with a knee injury, so maybe he's still working his way back from that. We saw Marcus Golden kind of had one year he needed to get back to where he was. So maybe he can, another year off that knee problem, come in and be a dominant edge rusher. But he's another one of those guys that I thought uh, looked, uh, looked pretty good. All right, now I my my more uh, focused question has to do yes. with the Giants. Sure, they had a brief presser down there, did they not? Um, a media session. Yes, very brief. Uh, Joe Judge had something, and uh, Gettleman had some off the record stuff, but nothing. nothing oh, crazy. okay. Because yes. I was mm-hmm. just going to ask you, what did you glean from the Giants' discussions with the media, if there was any at all? Nothing really new from Joe Judge. Just that he was very, very focused on getting his assistant coaches right. And from his sit-down, that's kind of what I gleaned that was most important is that he wasn't going to just hire guys to get his staff in place. He was going to take his time because he wants a specific type of coach and he focused on the teaching aspect of things again that fits what he wants to do. Guys all pulling in the same direction. Uh, guys that have this want to build the same type of culture. Guys that fit. And if it takes some time to do it, it's going to take some time to do it. Paul, he was not at one senior bowl practice. Jason Garrett was not at one senior bowl practice. They were interviewing assistant coaches all three no days kidding. out there. They did not now, see, step foot at practice. Now, I'm not being critical. I'm just wondering here because when Judge was at his introductory press conference, he made a very specific uh, mention of how he knew every player in the draft 
when he was at the Patriots. Well, he'll get all the video of the well, practices. He'll, right. And he'll, he'll get them. I'm, 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 I guess I'm just a tad surprised that he may not have been watching more guys live when he had the chance. But, of course, as you said, the coaching staff is a priority that he needed to get to immediately, <laughs> and he doesn't have a lot of time to delay on that. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Now, now maybe he snuck into practice and I didn't see him, but the way even when he talked to us, he basically said, no, guys, look, I'm busy. I haven't been able to get down to the practice field. Okay. So. Well, and, and I only bring that up because, remember, we, we kind of uh, talked about him in a Tom Coughlin-like fashion, and Tom right. used to watch everything he could get his, his eyes on with his stopwatch well, and his notebook. And, well, and in a normal year, I'm sure he he, he probably have, will. But, uh, you he know, probably remember, will. if you're in Mobile, that's where all these assistant coaches are looking for it jobs. It is a coach's flea market. And if it you, really is. And if you don't, it's a, basically a job fair. And if you don't yeah. make your move there, you might lose out on some guys. And I think it was a really important thing that he felt was important for him to get done. Okay, and, and that makes sense. Again, I, I understand it. Uh, and so... You know, hopefully he will have an announcement soon on everybody because official uh, announcements on most of the staff have yet to come yet from the Giants. They've only announced the coordinators. Cool. A um, couple other nuggets I'll throw out there for you, and we'll get to your calls at 201-939-4513. Um, off-ball linebackers, something else the Giants will be looking for. A lot of guys that are good going downhill. A lot of guys that can stop the run. Not a lot of guys that could cover, which is kind of what you need now for those off-ball linebackers in the NFL. Two guys I thought were interesting. Uh, Zach Baun, B-A-U-N, from Wisconsin, 6'2", 240. Here's the interesting thing about him. He had 13 sacks last year. They used him as an edge rusher. Mm -hmm. But he is a really good athlete, and he showed that. But the technique of covering and stuff, that's going to use a little bit of work. But he's a Wisconsin player. We know they're smart. We know they're coached well. Mm -hmm. We saw Connolly come in last year, be very good. Mm -hmm. And Joe Schobert is someone that was used the same way in Wisconsin. He was a pass rusher in college. Has figured it out now. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. So I think Zach Bond could be an early second-round pick in this draft. As okay. a converted off-ball linebacker that can then blitz on third down and maybe cover, and cover a little bit too, obviously, if you can figure that part out. Akeem Davis-Gaither, Appalachian State. Only 219 pounds at 6'1". He can move and he can run. Is he big enough to play linebacker for you? You know, Telvin Smith, I think, was a similar size when he came out a few years ago. He's stuck at linebacker. Shaq Thompson, another guy that I think is probably around like 220-something, yeah, right, give or take. Yeah, probably. He's stuck at linebacker. So he's somebody else that certainly is an athlete. He can do it. But does he fit at that height, weight, speed? Uh, defensive backs, not really impressive. Kyle Duggar was one guy that jumped out, a small school guy to Lenore Ryan, right. Division Two. I think he showed he can play in the NFL level. He could be a day-two pick, to be honest with there you. There was a clamoring, wasn't there, to get him into Senior Bowl week. Yeah, it might have been. They yeah. Were, yeah, the way I understood mm -hmm. it, this is a guy who fell through the cracks and wound up going to a D2. Hey, look, you, you can't be prejudiced against those kind of guys because, like, if you're the Giants, you found Corey Ballantyne you know, hanging in the weeds, uh, you know, from a lower-level program, and all of a sudden he makes you 53. <laughs> so, you know, never hold anything against a guy no. just because he was not a Division One player. Hey, look, he showed 6'2", like 225 athlete. He got an interception covering a tight end. They undercut a guy in one-on-ones. He was good. The stories I heard is that good. There, were, there were scouts who were literally, like, going through, combing through the woods to get to that school to try to make sure they got to look at him because they were that much enamored with what they had heard. And they apparently, again, if I heard the story correct, they were telling Nagy 
and his senior bowl people, you got to get this guy out there because we want to see him. I believe it. Because, look, you're not going to get him against decent competition at the Well, that's the two. problem. It's not his fault. So That's the problem. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, one other small school guy, and Paul, you're going to love this guy. Okay. And it's a position you might not be that excited about, but you're going to love him. Yeah, what do you got? Adam Troutman, tight end out of Dayton. I know of him. FCS school. I know of him. Measured at 6'5", yes. 250. Yes. The 2019 Pioneer League Offensive Player of the Year. 900 receiving yards. Paul, he was he, the best tight end there. And he it blocks. Was, well, he's figuring it out, and it's funny. You'll like this. I talked to him during the media session. Oh, cool. He was at the desk. So I talked to a bunch of guys. All these kids are good. They all, they all do a nice job. But Troutman had a chance. There wasn't a lot of people near him. I got a chance to ask two or three questions. So... I said, you know, your classic small school guy, you know, what do you want to show the coaches you could do here? And he goes, look, they have it on tape. Even if it's against small school competition, they know I can catch the ball. They know I can run and run routes and that sort of stuff. And he can. He showed he could during the week. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Nobody could cover him. I want to show in nine-on-seven drills that I can block. I want to show that I'm good at it. And he is the size to do it. He's 250. He threw some in the game. He did. That's why I remember him. And he did, didn't practice during the week, too. So, honestly... He could be the first tight end taken. And that might sound crazy, and I haven't done all my work on the other tight ends, but I talked to enough people out there that know what they're talking about. He could be the first tight end taken. He could be a late first round, early second round pick. That's how special he is athletically. Well, it's going to be from a team that wants the all-around type of tight end because he's going to try to give you some of that. George Kittleish. Uh, you know how I felt about I him know. when he was coming no. out. You were, you were right on him. Final point I'll make about the Senior Bowl. And this will be a larger statement on the draft in general. And then we'll get to your calls. Get on the lines at 201-939-4513. This, Paul, is a ridiculous wide receiver class. Yes. We know how many wide receivers come out that are underclassmen. You got the two guys from Alabama. Mm-hmm. You got T. Higgins. You got mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb. You got Jalen Rager. You got the LaVisca Chenault kid from Colorado. And these are all, you know, first round, early second round picks. That's five or six guys just there alone. I counted three, four, five, six, seven or eight guys at the senior bowl that I think could be day two worthy players. Well, and there's just no way that you're going to have 12 to 13 wide receivers taken in the first three rounds. It just doesn't generally happen that way. I was told the value was actually there that you could. No, it is. That's the thing. So I think... When the Giants are picking at the top end of that fourth round, you get that whole night to go to sleep. You look at the players that are left. You relax a little bit. <laughs> right. There is going to be a day two or maybe even a round two caliber wide receiver that's sitting there for you at the top of the fourth round. And the Giants could get well, great value there. You know, when you consider that Darius Slayton was a number five, is that really surprising? Yeah, but I don't even think Slayton was considered that type of value at the he time. Was, of the he draft. was not. He right. was not. He he was much more underrated than these guys are being rated. Which is frankly because the Auburn offense was such a mess. Correct. Right. So the point being, you you know, you can certainly find somebody of value that late, but especially now when they're being rated as highly as they are. And guys of all shapes and sizes to Paul too, which which I think you like. You know, you want a big guy? Well, how do you like Denzel Mims from Baylor? Oh, I know. 6 2, I 6 know. 3, can go up and get the ball. Yep. How about Colin Johnson from Texas? 6 5, 220. Yeah. Made every contested catch known to mankind at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. You want a small school guy? How do you like Antonio Gandy Golden 
220, can beat you deep. You want more of a possession guy that's a big, big, big guy? How about Michael Pittman? 6'3", 219, USC. Yeah. Bigger guy? Chase Claypool. Looks like a tight end. 6'4", 229, Notre Dame. Oh, maybe you want a smaller guy. How about this? Not one person can cover K.J. Hill at Ohio State at, at the Senior Bowl. Not one. No one could cover him. He caught, I think he won every rep in practice. Six foot 192. Perfect slot guy. How about Van Jefferson? 6'1", 197. Great route runner. Nobody could cover him. Devin Duvernay, who had a slow week. Sprinter speed. Juan Jennings. Ten, Juwan Jennings. Tennessee, 6'3", 206. Big wide receiver. Paul... There's an endless list of great wide receivers in this draft class that can help teams. These guys aren't projects either. Right. These guys are walking on the field and helping you day one. So, folks, I'm going to annoy the crap out of you with this because I know Giant fans want weapons. Sorry. I'm not picking one around one or around two. It's too deep of a class. It's not happening. Sorry. It, John, not happening. It's such a deep class. Now, I also I spent a lot of time studying the Shrine game the week before. The Shrine game has guys who are basically fringe third-rounders and mostly fourth-rounders. The receivers in that game were all pretty darn good. I know. Okay? And none of them came to this game. And they were all pretty darn good. Even the tall guys. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's going to be plenty of them. Plenty of them. I, John, I could wait. If I'm the Giants... I could wait to the third day. You said top of the fourth round. That's the third day. Yeah, or or you maybe I could wait, or maybe you want to miss out on somebody and use that potential compensatory pick in the third round because you really like somebody there. Okay, that's maybe. fine too. Yeah. Is that's only going to be five six picks off of where the Giants pick in the fourth round? Whatever, that's fine. But I'm sorry, guys. Do you know yeah. why? I don't know if the wide receiver I'm picking at the end of round three is going to be that much different than the wide receiver I'm getting at the fourth pick in the second round. See, now the question will be, as we all know, every time that there is a concentration at a certain position, right. sometimes teams will get involved in that run mentality. And all of a sudden, three, four, five yeah. come off the board and I think we in will, a row. And I think we'll see that at some point in the second and third round. Yeah. But there's so many. There's still going to be guys left. <laughs> I know. I know. It's sick. No, it is a great wide receiver class. I've, I, it's in, great. It, in all the years that I've spent actually studying the draft, because I only started studying the draft probably in the last 10 years. I didn't really study the draft a ton like I do now, yeah, years and years ago. Yep, okay? me too. I have never recalled a wide receiver crop this no. deep. And I haven't. Ever. And by the way, and, and just a, a side note. I haven't recalled a offensive tackle class this good at the top of the draft. At the top, yeah. Than I've seen. And we have three or four potential top ten offensive tackles here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time we saw that? I know. And this isn't like by default, like 2014, where Jake Fisher is going number one because no one else is any good. Mm -hmm. These are legit top mm -hmm. ten talents mm -hmm. we're talking about here. It's very true. Which is why... I still kind of lean right now that the Giants are going to wind up taking an offensive tackle with that first pick. And I, I still I still think so. I'd be okay with that. Look, I think there are a couple different... You know what? Okay, I'm going to just throw a floater out there for you before I get Go to ahead. the, the Go ahead. real quick. Go ahead. Would you be absolutely opposed if they decide he is a Jalen Ramsey-level cornerback? Akuda? If, if they took a Akuda at four. I would not be. I'd be okay with it. I think it's that important of a position. I could not criticize it, but I would still prefer to take the tackle because I think that the tackles that they're talking about are all of such high caliber, high quality. And by the way, I have not watched these tackles specifically, no, no. and neither is Paul. We're just going off what people are saying. Right. 
Right. And, we, and we, we, we will watch them before we get to the combine. Oh, now. there's no question. No question. But, but from, from what you are hearing about the value, yeah. if the value is, is, um, is reasonable at that number, I'd rather have the offensive tackle right. in the corner. What if I take the tackle out of the mix for a second? All right. I'm going to give you a chase between Okuda and Isaiah Simmons. I'm probably going to take Simmons. Okay. Is it close though? Yes. Okay. Very, very close. And that's fair. I'm just curious. Where, I'm just curious. And both of those, obviously, you'd pick ahead of a wide receiver in that spot. Yes. Yes. And and the only reason I'm going to take Simmons over Okuda is because of the system. I believe that what Patrick Graham is going to do with his opponent-specific scheme on a week-to-week basis. You want that versatile guy that can do different stuff? I do. Okay, that's I fair. do. But here's the thing. They also because love to play man-to-man. So you do need really good cover corners, too, which is the trick. That is, that is also true. I, I just... I, I, I'm giving Coach Graham uh, the benefit of the, of the doubt here because we haven't actually seen him with the, the caliber of defensive players we think the Giants are going to give him. Right. He did not yeah. really have a lot in Miami. No. So I'm Cupboard going to was kind of bare there. It really was. Yeah. To be nice. So I'm going to assume that the Giants' caliber of defense, we already know a lot of the young guys who are here. We think they're going to add some to that. I think with a, a shoebox full of players... He will be much more Belichickian and be able to utilize a guy like Simmons to his fullest potential. I think what happens is when you have a versatile guy of that nature and you don't use him to his fullest potential, you wind up burning yourself. And it becomes a detriment instead of a positive. You have to know how to use him or or you've hurt yourself. You know what else I heard there, which I thought was really interesting from a couple different people whispering around? The Lions might be ready to move on from Stafford and pick a quarterback. That would surprise me an awful lot because Stafford's making a big buck. Well, they'll trade him, obviously, and they'll try to get a big return for him. Because uh, they, 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 maybe they think their record's so poor, they need so much help, they need to do the full rebuild, and that's going to help them rebuild. But, I look, I was surprised to hear it, too. I'm just telling you a couple whispers that I heard, that they might be in the quarterback. That contract goes with him. That's a beefy deal. Yeah, there's a lot of teams with cap space that need a quarterback. Hmm. Interesting. Just something I heard. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We'll try to monitor that as the day goes along. No computer today, Paul? No, I forgot it. <laughs> I didn't bring it yesterday on purpose because I had somewhere to run right after the program. And you forgot to put it in the bag. And I forgot to put it in the car. <laughs> Happens to the best of but, us. But I, I can still read what we have to read on the on the phone. That's good. All <laughs> Go ahead. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Uh, let's start off. First call of the show. He's been holding since the beginning. And thank you for your patience, folks. We had a lot of Senior Bowl stuff to do. But we're going to take calls the rest of the way. We'll try to go through it as quickly as we can. Sean in California will lead us off on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Sean. What's up, guys? Long time no talk. Thanks, Hi. buddy. Thanks for calling. No, I appreciate it. I don't mind evading. You guys always give me knowledgeable information, and that's why I try to call him when I can. Appreciate and it. And I don't. I still listen to the show. Uh, I always get a knowledgeable, and you guys keep me going. But the off season, I stopped calling because I really, uh, you know, I didn't really have so- anything great to say about. You know, we all tried. I, mean, I didn't try, but all the players tried last season, and I didn't really have anything to say. So I kind of just uh, faded away and kind of just listened to the show. I want to just start by saying, you know, Eli Manning was the only quarterback that I knew. Since I was a Giants fan, and the last three years has been really murky, but I'm 
really happy that we was able to fully wrap it up and fully able to move on knowing that he will be inducted into the ring of honor and that was just great but um you guys did read you guys post on giants.com and what the organization did with the press conference i think that was really first class and it was amazing to see them even put the Super Bowl trophies up there. That was awesome to see, and I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, well, th- thank you, you for that. Uh, I th- well, I just want to say thank you for that. The organization did put a lot of work into it. They did a great job. I know our guys in our video department that do all the production and the editing, they did a great job in social media churning out all those videos and getting them up. So uh, excellent job to everybody around. As I was sequestered in Mobile and missed everything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are glad you enjoyed it. And may I add, there's a story to that, too, just the very back end. That Super Bowl trophies are in the lobby at a glass case here at the Giants facility. And uh-huh. Joanne Lemnick, who was the assistant to Wellington Mara many, many years ago before he passed away, she's now in charge of alumni operations here. Well, she was the one who was in charge of carefully removing the two Manning Super Bowl trophies. Wearing from the, the gloves, case. right? Wearing yep, the gloves. Absolutely. Okay? Because they are, they are uh, uh, very, very yeah, sensitive. Gonna, uh, They're sensitive gonna, to oil and fingerprints. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go how ahead. often do how often do they take the Super Bowl trophies out of that case? They have to get cleaned periodically. Oh yes, yes, of course. Because of they're course sterling, they they're sterling silver, right, John? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So, so, they, so they're very sensitive, especially to oil or fingerprints and stuff. So, anytime that Got they have you. to come out of the case, you have to wear the surgical gloves. So I happened to be Got walking you. in the facility Friday morning just as Joanne was opening the case and taking out the Super Bowl trophies. So I kindly asked her if she was putting them up on eBay because I'd like to make a bid. <laughs> but that, that was not oh, the no. case. That was not the case. No, I would she not. was taking them into yeah. the back for the Eli Manning celebration. It was just kind of funny to see her uh, bringing them back there. So I did want to just mention that. It's kind of a funny story. Oh, no. That, that, that is awesome to know, and thank you for that. Um, I guess uh, my question to you guys is uh, I was going to talk about some draft prospects, but I think you guys covered it really well. And I'm not as knowledgeable as you guys, so I was going to um, kind of flip my question. I was going to say, like, um, who would you guys, what, what big name, if any, would you guys attack in free agency? And how would you guys counteract that in the draft? So, for example, I would love to see us, like, attack Yannick if he doesn't sign back with the Jaguars. And I would love to see us, of course, you know, everybody wants Judy and everybody wants Simmons and stuff. And a lot of people um, do agree with me on my point I'm going to bring up, but I think that... If you look at, you know, the teams that's making the Super Bowl and making the playoffs, they have really good lines. And if you even look at San Francisco with their defensive point, it's just the best in the game. And that's, oh, I think, four or five first-round draft picks. So I would love to see us going after Yannick and attacking maybe like an offensive lineman in, in the draft because I, don't, I would love to see us get chased, but I don't think he's going to get past the Redskins. Now maybe if the Lions need a quarterback, maybe Chase can drop that. But I don't wanna, I don't wanna lean on a Chase. Chase, I rather just uh, get someone like Yannick that shows consistency. And I know this is this is not valid, but hey, I drafted him. I I got him off a of free agent on my Madden team, and he's doing just fine. <laughs> but that's a video game. So I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would wanna hear you. <laughs> He got 22 sacks, by the way. No, yeah, and Godway's a, a good game, player. Bro. Look, here's but, the one thing. I, I thank almost you, hesi- Appreciate the call, buddy. I almost hesitate to even yeah, discuss that, John, because we don't know who the tags are going to be and what the pool's going to look like. Yeah, I, I'll put it this way. There are a bunch of guys out there that are good. I, generally speaking, and I've always said this, Paul, you know that. I'm always hesitant to have to trade for a guy and then have to pay him. Right. I don't like paying twice because that's double the assets. You're right. using cap space and you're using an asset to acquire. I don't like doing I that. I understand that. So... 
I'm not in favor of trading picks to somebody that gets franchised and then signing them. That's not what I like to do. Um, but I think you have to monitor here and see what guys don't get franchised. A team like the Jaguars have all sorts of salary cap issues. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be able to franchise a guy like Ngakwe. We'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, that's a guy I look at. I think um, if you want to try – look, you, you don't want to go willy-nilly with your cap space here, right? So I think one thing you can do too, Paul – is try to find a top player at a position that's not necessarily a premium spot. So maybe Joe Schobert out of Cleveland, if you want to add a veteran. Right. Because look, even the best linebackers when they get drafted, it takes me a year or two to figure things out. That's a really complicated position that you got to figure things out at that in the off-ball linebacker spot. So if you want to bring in a veteran to kind of steady yourself there, maybe you do that and then you you know use your draft capital elsewhere. Uh, two things. Let me ask you a question first. Sure. Was there any scuttlebutt when you were down at the Senior Bowl? You said people were talking about the Lions maybe moving on from Stafford. Was there any scuttlebutt about what, what might happen with Nick Foles? His contract is huge, and the Jaguars need to figure out what to do. Um, I have not heard anything about Foles, but I imagine that's a huge hit if they decide to move on from him. It's huge. Now, right? It's huge. I, mean, I don't so, think you can do that. So does that mean that they're stuck with him? Because, you know, there are people who think that, that Minshew – should be the guy. There are people who think Foles has to be the guy because of his contract. Right, so his are the Jaguars. What exactly are the Jaguars going to do right now? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, look, if you look at the numbers, Gardner Minshew had almost an identical rookie season to Daniel Jones. They were very similar. Both the guys played really well you know, at times. He, they really did. He showed some promise. There's no doubt. Right. So it's a really good question. All right. Foles' contract, Paul, they would <laughs> – they're not letting him go this year. You know what his dead cap money hit is for this year if they let him go? Was it about 20? 33 million. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is that high. Now, I didn't realize that. It drops to 12 in 2021. Yeah. Which is which is doable. Yes, it is. But, yeah, $33 million dead cap this year comes from a guaranteed $15 million base salary, I believe. All right. So if, if you're stuck with him and you have to keep him, don't you have to play him too? I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a that's a bad bad situation right now. Hey, remember? Hey, remember two years ago? I, I warned people about him. Oh, I, I, I was yeah. not a I was not a big on you know spending all the money on him. No, nor was I. And quite frankly, I thought that the Vikings might wind up in a similar situation with Cousins. It turned out he played better than I thought. Yeah. And he gave them some value, although I think we would all agree he is still overpaid. Well, and I think most quarterbacks aren't at the top of the the totem pole there that get a lot of money, tend to be a little bit overpaid. But for a team like the Vikings, I needed a quarterback. It was probably worth it. Yeah. Now, in terms of your other comment about, you know, crying, trying to get a free agent who's a veteran who, you know, isn't quite at that star level yet, you got to remember in years past, and I know it's years past, when the Giants signed Sean O'Hara, you know, he was a part-time guard for the Browns, becomes the Giants' starting center for a Super Bowl team, goes to three Pro Bowls. Right. Antonio Pierce yep. was not a star player for the Redskins. Chris Canty, same deal with Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. so you need, if you're the Giants right now, what you would love to do, if at all possible, is to find that veteran free agent who maybe hasn't quite had as many opportunities to shine on somebody else's depth chart but, boy, you know that if he gets regular reps, he's going to step up and become a guy who's going to be of terrific value for for you. And that's really what, if you're the Giants, that's the kind of guy you're looking for. Yeah, and look, there are a couple, the two main edge rushers 
that people are going to talk about that are available is the one that Sean mentioned, Yannick Ngakwe from mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And then Shaquille Barrett from Tampa Bay. Barrett's the, not going anywhere, I the, don't think. I would imagine they're going to franchise tag him. I don't see how they couldn't. I think they had the money to do it. He, apparently, I heard him do an interview down in Miami for the Super Bowl, and he basically said, look, I want to stay. And this is his quote. He goes, by the way, someone can offer me more money. I don't pay state income tax in Florida, and that matters. He's, <laughs> no, no, he, he, he literally said that Did on the interview, really? yes. So I think it's going to be okay. extremely difficult to woo him yeah. out of um, out of that area. So Kyle Van Noy is another guy from um, New England. And by if the you way, I can't remember the Joe Judge. Judge connection. That's another one. Uh, Patrick so, Graham connection. Right. Uh, just saying. So I, that's I think I think that's what you're looking at. I got a tweet. I just want to get to if Please, I can digress for do a it, minute. Do it. Do it for sure. And it builds off the Eli Call comment we just had. A gentleman named uh, Matt Baker, 13, says, "Hi, Paul. As an English Giants fan, I guess uh, he was from uh, London." He goes, my favorite Eli memory is the touchdown he scored against Miami and London. I was there. Thanks for the memories, legend. Hope you get to read this out on the show, Giants chat. And in fact, it is from Redditch, England, that he sent this tweet. Paul, and I are, did want to send that to There me. actually are more than one city in, in England, if you weren't aware. That is true. But I was only to the one, <laughs> yeah, so that's all I know about. Uh, and of course, we were on that beautiful castle campus where the Giants yeah, practiced during the week. That was really cool. But I did want to get that out to you, Matt, because you took the time to send that from across the pond. And uh, thank you very much for your thoughts. Now, trivia for Giants. I know you know the answer. Yes. Trivia for Giants fans. Give me details on that Eli Manning touchdown I'm not saying against a word. the Dolphins. In I'm London. not saying a word. Give us a call. Let me know if you remember it or send us a tweet. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Let's go back to the calls, and we'll go to Dave in Cranford. He's up next. Hey, Dave. Hello? Oh, I went to the wrong caller. Hold on. Let okay. me try this again. Now let's go to Dave in Cranford. That's my fault. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, good, guys. I was I was starting to stutter a little bit. So. No, that's okay. What's up? It's- it's great to talk to you guys. Um, hey, I, you know, I wanted to just say two things and get your comments on it. Uh, Paul, I know, and not to exclude you, John, but Paul, I know how much you're a fan of Bill Parcells. Yes. And he's one of the, I wouldn't say he's exactly Yogi Berra, but he's one of the most quoted coaches in football. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah, because he was so colorful and also had a great relationship with the media. And by the way, and, and, if you, and you listen to people that covered him in Dallas, they quote him too. It's not just people up here. Uh, oh, no, no, you're, John, you're 100% right. So uh, my, my point is getting to judge for a second. One of, the, one of the most interesting quotes from Parcells, they were asking him about how he evaluated players and coaches for his staff. And one of the comments Parcells made, that reminds me of Joe Judge. So that's, the, that's what I'm trying to get to. And, and that was, Parcell said, um, they were asking him about what, what priority you give to, you know, players when they talk about, you know, all the different priorities in their life. And Parcell said to the interviewer, hey, this game at this level is not for the well-balanced person. Correct. It's not a normal, and, and, it, it, and it was... And, and it's so funny because I've, I've had a, a small experience of being around a couple college coaches. And, and the interesting part is I find players to be much more balanced. Coaches are like, they can't shut it off. They're like 24-7. They're, they're crazy. And, and, the, and the, you know, like if you look at Belichick 
And, you know, as much as people, I mean, I love Belichick, even though he's for the Patriots, but given his giant heritage, you know, the, the guy's not normal, guys. Like, he's just not a normal person. Like, he, he just is. And, and I get the impression in listening to Judge. So my point is, is that when you hear um, even like Rob Gronkowski recently comment on Judge, mm-hmm. he was making a lot of those same comments. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I get the fact that we have a long runway here. We have no idea what we have, but I really like what we have in terms of the the staff that he's putting together. I get the fact that not all of it's announced and it's not official, but we anxiously await that. But just the way that he approaches the game. So you guys are great. I love listening to you. Thanks for listening so long to me. I I probably don't deserve that much time. Oh, please. But I, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I, I just I feel really good about where this staff is going because of that kind of uh, of view. I think Judge is crazy enough to be a great head coach. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. I think the the adjectives that best describe that type of guy, and it's usually the most successful coaches who are that way: dedication and passion for the game. If you have those two things. Chances are you're going to be a little bit unbalanced when it comes to the game. And and those are the guys who tend to be more successful. Can I throw a couple more, more extreme words out there? You may. I'm trying to be nice. Obsessive? Yes. Yes. I think that's one. I didn't want to be... That that's clinical, okay. but I know. well, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't say, I purposely didn't say obsessive compulsive disorder. I did okay. not say that. Okay. I just think it's someone that really obsesses on stuff. And look, guys, it's not a normal job. I mean, the guys are spending eighty percent of their lives in this building for seven months a year, if not more than that. I mean, it's it's not a normal job. I mean, it's just not. You grind. I mean, what other job do you show up at five a.m. and leave at midnight? I mean, it's not normal. It's a mentality that you have that forces you to believe there was always another stone to turn over. You've got to get that last stone. You've never turned over enough. There's something else that I can do to make my team win this week or to prepare my guys or to make a difference or to outcoach the other guy on the sideline. There's always that drive that there's one more thing I got to do before I go to sleep and if I'm going to sleep tonight. Right. And that's what it is. Connor Atlanta, he's up next. Hey, Connor. Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? What's going on? Hi. Good. Um, Yo, Schmel, great job at the Senior Bowl, man. That, that All your coverage down there was awesome. And it, it's at this time of the year as a fan, there's just nothing to kick around and go around. But all that coverage and stuff was great. Thank you. Um, the, reason why I want, the reason why I wanted to call is you, you shouted out my guy a couple times, Kyle Duggar, um, Division II guy. I'm, I'm actually an alma mater at Lenoran University. Oh, nice. my. Yeah, and I know. A lot of people probably never heard of the school. No, I hadn't. Is what I talked about with John is so? Do you know anything about that story? Where apparently, like over twenty NFL teams sent scouts looking for him, like a needle in a haystack, because they were so attracted to what they had heard. Paul, all thirty-two NFL teams, all thirty-two went to Hickory, North Carolina, all thirty-two went. All thirty-two. And I got that, yeah, all thirty-two. Okay. I got buddies that work there, um, and they work within you know the athletic building and all that stuff. His story is insane, man. He, as a senior, he 
he didn't have any offers. And one of the coaches went down there, and they went to go watch another prospect. Because you know these college coaches, you see them on ESPN sometimes. They'll go to, like, high school basketball games and kind of get affiliated with the kid and, you know, connect. They were actually looking at another prospect. They saw this tall guy, 6'2", only 170 <laughs> pounds, bag of bones. They are like, this kid's pretty athletic. And they showed him the tape, got him a scholarship. Sure enough, he puts on 50 pounds, and he's just an absolute horse. Yeah, appara- I mean, apparently, I heard an interview with them on the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah, and they interviewed him. Yeah. And apparently, he was a late bloomer. He showed up to high school, I think, at like five, six, 140 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he eventually, he didn't, I, don't, I think he said he didn't actually start consistently until his senior year in high school, which is why he was so lightly recruited. Yeah, and, and, and it's, you know, usually, especially at Division two guys, you know, they're usually D1 fallbacks. You know, they'll go play D1 for a couple of years or FCS or Power 5, and they'll fall back. Or, yeah. you know, very rarely do you guys have guys go freshman to senior like that. Um, but I just kind of want to leave that in my question because I, I knew for a fact no one was going to call in about Lenore Ryan University. <laughs> <laughs> That's a um, good point but, by you. And by the way, he the, the other thing, the other, real quick, the other thing he said in that interview, he said he had two opportunities to transfer. One, he, he did visit get visits from FCS schools originally. Nobody offered him, mm-hmm. even at the FCS level number one. He had two chances to transfer, but the reason he didn't is because eventually the first time they had just hired a defensive backs coach that had previously gotten defensive backs into the NFL. So he didn't want to leave. Yep. Then as a senior, he had a chance to go, and he goes, you know what, I've been with my guys for three years. I don't feel right about leaving them. Hmm. So those are the two reasons he did not decide to transfer. He did have opportunities from Division One schools. So, so from right. the people at the school that you talked to, how high are they thinking for him? Uh, well, apparently it was, you know, five, six. But, I mean, now after, I mean, you you were down there, Schmel, there's so many guys, prominent, important people that cover the, the senior bowl. Yeah. They're thinking day two. They're, th- they're thinking third round. Could maybe be. even sneaking into the back of the second. I mean, he must have really blown them away down there. But, um, you know, really just generally speaking, I, I could talk about it all day. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, across the NFL, because obviously Gettleman took a uh, Division two guy last year, are there a lot of organizations and, and teams that will just shut that door completely and said, hey, this guy doesn't play Power 5. I don't want anything to do with him. I mean, do you guys – I mean, could you guys offer, like, any insight on that? I, I don't mean, believe that's the case. I don't th- I think some teams are probably more leery of those players than others that really mm-hmm. like Power 5 guys, but I don't think any team would just shut the door on it. No, I think, I think okay. the, the way technology is now today, you know, right. there are so many ways to try to find guys who do fall through the cracks – I don't think anybody would shut the door on anybody, quite frankly. Even if the guy's playing European, uh, uh, you know, American <laughs> football, I, you know, and we did see that for a while. Remember uh, 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 Dable? Dable, and then you had the, remember the tight end from Germany a couple years ago yeah, too. I forget, I forget, his, forget name. his name. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. He ended up being a priority for agent. And, for somebody. and, and by the way, Charlie did a lot of work on Dable and was oh, very God. confident he was going to make the fifty-three. It didn't work out for that, him. That was the that was the wide receiver from a few years ago. <laughs> yes, right? that's correct. correct. The wide receiver, yeah, the big guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I mean, I yeah, do believe. I, I don't think anybody closes the door at any of the the lower levels, but I do believe that John is correct there are going to be some question marks that some teams are going to have and be a little more leery of those guys. Doesn't mean they're going to shut them out, though. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, like, you know, the, the whole underwear Olympics thing and guys want to see tape and, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a twofold, right? Because, you know, sometimes you don't have the best tape to, to go off of. 
you know. No doubt. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, we've seen plenty of guys, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but we've seen plenty of guys that, that, that thrive uh, in, in those in those requirements, but then they get to the NFL and it's what it is. But hey, man, just appreciate you guys, um, especially everybody that's out in market, uh, the New Jersey, New York area. I mean, you guys are the lifeline, man. Um, I'm, I'm getting sick of hearing about Falcon stuff on the radio. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Y'all have a good day, man. Take care. I right, appreciate it, man. Appreciate Thanks it. for the call. Good stuff. And good insight on Lenore Ryan. Any other people out there that have connections to these small school guys, please call in, by the way. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we have a couple Dayton calls, if I remember right. Don't we have a couple guys that used to call from Dayton? Yeah. In Ohio? So yeah. maybe we got some Trapman people out there, too. Who knows? 201-939-4513. Hey, BBK has a long reach, my friend. And now, I didn't get a chance to see Chris in Alabama when I was there. And Chris, by the way, I got a bone to pick with you. And you have nothing to do with it, but I'm going to yell at you anyway. Uh Why was it so damn cold down there? It was like 38 (laughs) degrees. I'm sitting there with a sweatshirt and a coat on every day. What the hell? It's Alabama, for goodness sakes. It's pretty bad down here at the moment. It actually, just, just after you left, it warmed up. Of course it did. Ah, come on. <laughs> hey, uh, I say, um, long time, first time. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks um, for calling. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was down there in Mobile uh, for the uh, Senior Bowl. I was down there for a Parks and Rec conference. And I was staying in that same hotel that the players were at. I was trying to spot you, John, but I couldn't. I couldn't find you there. We didn't get down there till uh, Saturday night. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, we were not staying at the Renaissance. So that's probably why you didn't see us. Okay. And, and and we were also out of there on Friday morning, which is probably the second reason you didn't see me. Yep, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, but uh, so luckily, actually, so Saturday night, uh, since it was the last night, uh, I was actually able to swipe about a five foot high Daniel Jones sign. I don't know if you were. <laughs> If you saw one walking around the hotel, I did. There. Did you? I did. Yes. You did. It was him. Okay. Yeah. You took that. Yeah, I swiped it. Yeah, I, I actually the first Thief. night I asked the hotel staff, and they said no. Uh, the senior bowl people are going to pick it up. The second night, uh, it was still there. I just said, well, okay, forget this, and just took it right up to my room <laughs> where housekeeping had to clean around it all uh, all week oh, long. My. And so uh, I was actually going to see if you guys oh, wanted funny. to reach out to, to Daniel to see if he would like it. And if so, um, you know, I can give you my email address or whatever and uh, mail it up there to you guys uh, if, if he wants it. I have no idea if he cares or, you know, or about it or not. But, yeah, <laughs> if not, because if not uh, – it's just going to go in the garage where, where the missus is going to say, well, that's heading out, outside. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this? If, 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 if we see Daniel around, then we might. He's, he's, he's been around working out. We'll see if we have a chance to ask him. Fair enough. Okay, sounds great. Absolutely. Hey, oh, real quick, what, what was that uh, trivia question uh, that you guys had? Oh, if you remember what Eli Manning's touchdown was against the Dolphins when they played them in London back in 2007. Oh, that was where he did a touchdown run. What was that, like the longest of his career? You got it. Like that? Yep. Uh, I remember watching the DVD of the Super Bowl, and it was stray hands on the sideline saying, run easy, run easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 100%. Thanks yeah. for the call, bud. Good stuff. He's right on. He hit it. Uh, I think that field was probably as bad as the uh, trays at the old Giant Stadium. That was such a mess of a sloppy field, but... Hey, somehow, someway, Eli was able to keep his feet and, and muddy his way into the end zone. All right, let's wrap up the show with the Maniac. And I haven't, I've been so great. I haven't had to talk to this guy for a week. 
which has been like Uh-oh. a blessing. The, is this the call for Maine? Well, you mentioned his name. What do you expect? Whenever you mention his name, he's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> he eventually shows up. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> Charlie, what's up? Hey, John, I know you've had withdrawal, so... Hey, uh, it's the best week in, of my right? life. I'm ready to go. Hey, and also, Jason Taylor was chasing Eli, and he beat him into the end zone. I remember that. Okay. Now, now, Charlie, do you remember who the Dolphins quarterback was in that game? No, I don't. It was the, it was the legendary Cleo Lemon. <laughs> well, there you go. See, that's Ooh. why I would know. Did you remember that hey, one, Paul? No, I did not. Hey, I, I got a couple of University of Maine guys you should check out when you get a chance. One is Ernest Edwards. He's 5'10". Sounds like a librarian. <laughs> Ernest, hello, I'm Ernest Edwards. How are you? He's 175 pounds. He's a wide receiver kick returner, but he's quick and he's fast and he plays the slot. So uh, check him out. 175 pounds? He might not yeah. last a practice. No, Charlie, no, no. Charlie wait tough. a minute. The Giants have that, Shepard and Tate, and you're trying to sell them a slot receiver. That's no, a, but he's a kick, no, but he's a kick returner. That's the main thing. Oh, okay, kick returner. Team. So he will last yeah, one yeah, kick yeah. return before he okay. gets <laughs> flattened <laughs> like a pancake. Hey, I, I, I will tell you. I, let me just interrupt for half a second. By the sure. way, Kyle yeah. Duggar is also a kick returner, by the way. Yes, that's, that's true. Um, Coleman. Okay, Corey Coleman is rehabbing very, very well uh, from his, mm. his his surgery. Uh, you know, remember, we forget he was a dynamic player uh, the previous season, and then last year they lost him to IR. Uh, ACL or Achilles? ACL, right? He was ACL. ACL, yeah. Okay. Don't don't ACL. forget about him going into 2020 because if the rehab is successful, and and from what I understand, he's doing well. You know. That's a guy who it was one of the best kickoff returners in the game two years ago. Well, this guy would be a punt returner, so we're still looking for our punt guy. Okay. But anyway, hey, uh, the, the other guy is Joe Fitzpatrick. He's 5'11", he's 230 pounds, he's a running back. And his, his guy who he likes to, um, you know... Um, Emulate? Of, huh? Emulate? No, is James Conner. That's the guy he likes to oh, emulate. The Terminator. He, yeah. So this guy is tough. He, uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, he's almost like a fullback in a way. Uh, he's not a fullback, but he's tough, and he'll get those extra yards, and he'll break tackles. I mean, this is, you know, University of Maine, Division One, you know. But uh, this is a guy to uh, FCS, check out, right? possibly. I think so. Yeah. All right, Charlie. We got to run, pal. Hey, one, hey, one more thing. Yes. Do you know Giselle's kids, Brady's wife, kids are going to school in New York. Don't be surprised if Mr. Brady what? comes to the Giants. I'm what? putting it out there. Right, I'm putting Charlie. it out there. All right. Okay, thank guys. you. Appreciate it. By the way, it's not fair. We're competing with the Jennifer Lopez Shakira press conference in Miami. I'm aware. We lose. We do. <laughs> we lose. We got no shot. Uh, I, I I don't know how to respond to, to Charlie. Never mind the Brady comment, which is insane. It's better not to. But but the the running back. So so he wants to bring in a 5'11", 230 pound running back when they've already got uh, Goldman still under contract. Some guy named Barkley, he, he's right? Okay. Some guy named Barkley. 
Uh, we don't know what the fullback situation is going to be, but if this guy is more of a runner than he is a blocker, chances are he doesn't have a lot of fullback responsibilities at Maine, which means he's not going to fit there. Charlie, I, ha- I have to tell you, I appreciate that you're trying to do some amateur scouting, but you need to also understand the pegs that the Giants have, and sometimes the guys you're talking about aren't really good fits for what they need. They will kick off live as presented by Coors Light. Mountain cold refresher and made to chill. Two tweets, Paul, I want to get to really quick. Elo yeah. H, do you think it's possible for NYG to be able to trade back with a quarterback-needy team like Miami and still land a Simmons or top offensive tackle? Yes. There are that many offensive tackles that are good here, so it's possible. And again, that, that's something we talk about a lot here, and you need two to tango, obviously, so there's no guarantee what the offers are going to be if it works. But the offensive tackle class is deep. If you go as far as 10, and you could probably still get a pretty darn good offensive yeah, tackle. I don't know about Simmons, though. No, if you go Sim- back, that could be real iffy. If you go out of the top seven or eight, heck, uh, top six, you could you, you can get you can get tricky. No question. And a yeah. lot's going to depend mm-hmm. on what Detroit does. Yeah. And then, of course, Washington, how, too. Who knows what Washington's going to do? It and too. how, excuse me, how is to his health? Right. All very important. And then Christopher Kane, do not want Sim- all capitals. Do not. Mm-hmm. Wants Simmons or Okuda, so we lose out on Chase Young and take a cornerback who benefited from his pass ru- from Young's pass rush. Simmons with matchup killer in college, but different in the NFL. He may not be great at anything. He wants a beast left tackle. Look, you can want a beast left tackle, but don't downplay how good Jeffrey Okuda is. Okay, or Simmons, or Simmons. for that matter. Correct. I think all three of those players, you could make a strong case they could be top five type o- players. Okuda was not a good player because of the Ohio State pass rush. He was no. a good player because he's a really Good player. Tremendous talent. Really I, I, and, and I saw how State just play enough of games this year on yeah. regular television to know that. I don't need to study hey, well, his tape. Okay? You, know, you know corners. <laughs> corners these days have so much trouble getting their head around to play the ball after playing man-to-man. That dude gets his head around, locates the ball, knocks passes away. He's a heck, heck, heck of a football player. Paul, good stuff. Very fun, John. Good to have you back. Yeah, and I'll be back with Jeff Fiegels tomorrow. We'll preview the Super Bowl, and we could do some Senior Bowl stuff with Jeff as well. It's all brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold, refreshing, made the chill. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you. We're back tomorrow at noon on Giants.com, everybody. See you then.